Hi, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk. My name is Alex Anders and I am a best-selling bisexual romance author. Bisexual Real Talk is a show where each week I talk about the latest developments, studies, and strides made by the bisexual community. Sometimes I'll talk about what's going right, other times I'll talk about what's going wrong. But always you'll feel empowered and like you found the place where you belong. And if this podcast ever sounds like a YouTube channel, that's because it is. You can always check out Bisexual Real Talk on YouTube and join the conversation in the comments section there. Until then, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk, and let's talk about bisexuality. Hi, I'm Alex Anders, and this is Bisexual Real Talk. Are you a bisexual woman? Do you feel anxiety? Well, let's find out if what you worry about is the same thing that what everyone worries about and maybe what you can do about it. But we'll get to it after I make two quick announcements. First of which is that uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, there are chapter markers in the description so you can jump ahead or jump behind to listen to something again. Also, number two, you can now have a one-on-one phone call with me uh, through Patreon. If you guys are unfamiliar with Patreon, Patreon is a way for uh, viewers like you to support creators like myself um, with little things. I can tell you for sure that I'm making these batches of videos that I'm doing at this time, specifically because of my Patreon, because I'm kind of busy right now, but I keep thinking about my Patreon supporters and how much, how much you guys value it, and it motivates me. So if you're looking to support um, myself or maybe even other creators, check out Patreon and there's a reward tier, thank you, um, which involves you guys having a one-on-one chat with me where you can talk about anything you'd like in terms of including your, about your bisexuality, maybe about coming out, maybe about situations you're dealing with. Yeah, please check it out. And I would appreciate the support. I always do. Thank you. Um, so now let's get on to the email. And what I'll be doing is I'll be reading the, one of the emails that you guys have sent me. And then I'll be answering the questions within the email specifically. And then at the end, I'll have some general advice I think will be helpful for everyone. So let's get into the email, which reads, Being a bisexual woman in a heterosexual monogamous relationship can be hard. There are days where I like women more than men, but I have always been attracted to men too. I often doubt myself and my sexuality. Every time I like a woman more than a man, I would have to shove it down and say, no, it cannot be. I am not a lesbian. But when I like men more than women, then I'm okay. Maybe the way I grew up taught me being gay or bi is a horrible thing. And being bi is just being confused. Those past childhood lectures often made me doubt my sexuality because I can't be bi in a relationship. However, my fiance was the first person I came out to back in 2018, and he was so supportive of me and my sexuality. I was shocked because he took it way better than I did. Fast forward to the present, I am struggling on accepting me liking women when I do, when I know I do. And that puts a lot of pressure and anxiety on me and my relationship. Because when I think like that, I thought, Oh no, does that mean that I have to break up with my fiance to be with a woman? But he is my partner in life, the love of my life. So 
many doubtful questions pop in my head. And my anxiety shoots through the roof. When it does, he is there to reassure me that everything is okay and that it's okay to be who I am. I know it's never gonna, I'm going to happen that I break up with my fiance because I really, truly, deeply am in love with him. And I truly see a future with him. Even times of my, even times of my anxiety when I am with him or he hugs me, I feel like floating. But there are days where I feel like, am I a joke? You don't deserve to be in this relationship if you can't even love yourself. You are only in this relationship for show because you don't want to show your true identity. And those days scare me because I start to believe it's true. But I know deep down it's not. But with bisexual anxiety-driven mindset, it's hard to separate what's real from what's not. Am I still trying to understand my bisexual... Um, I am still trying to understand my bisexuality. And that's okay. I just really don't want to hurt my fiancé in the long run because of my mental health and sexuality. Can you advise... Can, you, can this be uh, sexuality guilt? How can I like women and be in love with my fiancé? Is that okay? Is it normal that I feel this way? I have been reading so many articles and watching your videos. Thank you. They help a lot. Well, yes. Okay, so let's uh, first answer some of the questions that have been asked in this. So the first question is, can this be by um, sexuality guilt? I mean, yeah, sure, it could be sexuality guilt. It could, I think it could be classified as a lot of things. And I think the most, the most helpful way of classifying it would be to Classified as something where there's a lot of information on it and you can do something about it. I mean, it's all, they're all like different phrases to mean the same thing or to actually represent the same set of negative feelings within yourself. And personally, I think uh, the label that helps this best is anxiety because there are a lot of things that we know about anxiety nowadays and things we can, um, we can do to help it. If you just call it guilt, then it's like, okay, what do you, it's guilt. You just feel guilt. You just kind of continue to feel guilt. And how do you feel not feel guilty anymore? By, by not feeling guilty anymore. So let's call it anxiety for now. And we'll talk about things you can do in the general section. So the next question is, how can I like women and be in love with my fiance? Okay, I think where this is coming from is an idea that you can only love one person at a time. Like that you, that if you have multiple feelings for multiple people that somehow uh, your feelings for that person is invalid. Here's how it works. Because um, love is not this kind of mysterious thing where, you know, you can only have it for one person if you have it for more than one people is invalid. I think people have that kind of impression because of the beginning stages of love, where you like, where you really fall head over heels for somebody, and all you can do is think about them. All you can do is think about them. You can't eat. You can't sleep. Um, you can't really focus. Uh, all you can do is just obsess. And it's important to understand why that's happening, because it's not magic. Uh, it's because that person is spiking a chemical in your brain called dopamine. And this could happen if you were really into gambling or if you were taking like, you know, like a really harsh drug, like a like crack or like heroin. Um, 
It's just all it is is a huge amount of dopamine being spiked to your brain while your brain isn't ready for it. Like out of nowhere, suddenly you're hit with all this, your brain is hit with all this dopamine and all you can do is focus on them like a laser. But you're not meant to live like that. Your brain is, it can't handle that. If that were the way uh, your life would be, you would starve and die and the human society wouldn't have evolved to where it is now and there'd only be like five of us and we'd all be dead in no time anyway. So your brain has created a mechanism to ramp down all those strong feelings because in order to survive, human beings have evolved so that we feel it, we're great, we feel attached, we become attached to that person, but then we can go on with life and continue to look for food and continue to like do other things and, and further society. So after a while of feeling that, your brain kind of just goes, okay, enough, enough, and starts dialing it back. It's kind of like, um, like a sound, sound mixer at a concert where if a person yells into the microphone, the sound mixer will turn on the volume so it doesn't blast through the speakers. That's what your brain is doing. They slowly tap down on um, the volume of the dopamine. So no matter how much you enjoy something when you first start doing it, it automatically, your brain automatically starts bringing it down and it brings you less and less ple pleasure. So of course, you meet someone, the newness of it all is wonderful, it spikes your dopamine high, but slowly starts to bring it down to like a normal, manageable level. And whereas initially, all you could do is think about that person, you couldn't do anything else like sleep, eat, or whatever else, now you have the capacity to have other emotions. Um, and you wouldn't think there's anything wrong with it if you said, oh, I like food uh, and I'm, lo I'm in love with my fiance. You would go, well, that's natural. Food is one thing, uh, your fiance is something else. But it's like the same mechanism. It's the same, it's uh, wiring in your brain going to the same location. It's the same dopamine response system. So in one case, if you were like super, super in love, you wouldn't think about that wonderful, wonderful chocolate cake because of course you're too busy thinking about them. But, you know, as the dopamine, as your receptors tone down the dopamine associated with that particular person, you start enjoying your chocolate cake again. Or you might start enjoying your television shows again. Or you might start enjoying the activities that you used to enjoy before you met that person again. And that's where, if you meet someone else, that person could spike your dopamine again because it's new and it's some, you just like, there's a, maybe there's a characteristics they have, whether it's physical or whether it's psychological, and then you can be spiked by that again. But that doesn't take away from the feelings you have over there. It just means that now you're capable of feeling dopamine from other sources once again. Again, natural part of the process in terms of not feeling as strongly for the person you've been with, and it doesn't have any sort of bearing on how good or how long-lasting a relationship could be. So the question is, uh, how can I like women and be in love with my fiance? That's how uh, they are admitting or causing the release of dopamine in your brain because you've seen them, because you've liked them, because of whatever else. And that does not take away from whatever feelings you have for fiance. Um, being with your fiance is a choice because your fiance has qualities that you think that might be helpful to you in the long run. Even if you didn't have high um, spikes of dopamine with them, it's still very valid to be with that person if they add something to your life that you know that you can't get from any other person's society, at least that you know of. So that's how you can feel that same feeling. And is this normal to feel this way?
It's 100% normal to feel this way. In fact, if you did not at some point in your life be able to get pleasure from something else other than the person you're with, then there would be something wrong with you. So the fact that you are gaining pleasure from other things again, and that you could perhaps meet a woman or a man and they spec your dopamine, you don't have to act upon it, but it's completely natural to have that spike happen. And it's not because that they are, they are this magical being that has been determined to be the one that you should be with. No, it's just meaning that they have characteristics that, have, that somehow triggers in your brain the release of dopamine, and that's all it means. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. That's just what that means. So uh, in terms of what I could say to everyone uh, generally, it's um, the things you can do about anxiety. Um, you know, anxiety, of course, is a problem that we deal with a lot in society, and there's probably a lot of reasons for that in terms of just the way we structured our society. It does not give us enough opportunities to get out and do activities or it causes us to focus on particular things. But it's a common thing right now, and there's been a lot of study on it. One of the things that are most commonly said that you can do about anxiety is meditation. Forcing yourself to sit down and just focus on something. Not just like let your mind kind of float out into nothingness because it'll just go back to what you're, what you're anxiety about and anxious about. Um, in terms of anxiety, the best sort of more meditation could be to focus on some, either it's a mantra, whether you can continue to repeat something over and over again. It's to get your mind out of that, that crevice that you're, you've been walking in because anxiety what it is or what it feels like or the best analogy for it is if you're walking down a well-worn path down a reservoir. So you're walking down the path and the reservoir has really high, really high walls and you're walking down the middle of the path and it just feels comfortable walking down that path. And it's hard to climb, like, it'd be hard to climb out of it. So you just keep on walking down it. But you can get out of it. And, uh, the way to kind of get yourself, your mind off of it is to think of something else and that allows you to kind of float out of the, um, the, the reservoir, if you will. Um, so meditation, by doing the type of meditation where, you, where you're repeating something or you're focused on a particular image or something like that, will take your mind out of the repetition of what's been going on and instead turn it to something else. So meditation helps. Doing something to distract yourself because again, um, you're, you're enjoying the fact that you're walking down this well-worn path. Like your brain is actually releasing dopamine because it likes repetition. Your brain likes repetition, you give it repetition, and it spikes dopamine. So um, if you break out of that, if, like if you give yourself, you give your brain something else to feel dopamine about, then it will get you out of the ravine. Um, so doing something physical is a great way to get your mind off of something else. Like everyone always says, you know, go out and take a walk or something, go to the gym. Um, and that helps because it spikes the dopamine, like exercise spikes dopamine. Going out in the sunshine spikes dopamine. Going out and doing something fun will spike the dopamine and get your mind off of that thing. Just drag your mind across from it. Play video games, that'll help. Like whatever it is that spikes your dopamine, Go and do that instead of constantly repeating over and over again whatever stressful thoughts you have. And again, it's just about dopamine management. That's all it is. 
And the thing that I always say to uh, my friends who have anxiety is the best thing you can do in terms of a psychological standpoint, which is just more than just distracting yourself, is to confront your anxiety with reality. So just for an example, I had a friend who was anxious because of something they did. They thought like it was gonna you know, ruin their life, generally speaking. I, I would ask them, so how would it ruin your life? And they would go, well, it ruined my life because of work. Um, work, if, you know, if work found I did this, I would get fired. I'm like, okay, so let's, let's, before you just start spiraling to the next thing, where in your, like the paperwork you sign says that this is gonna cause a problem? Like, where is it? It's like, I don't know, it's in there somewhere. I'm like, no, take out the paperwork, look at it. Is this something that really could get you fired? It's like, oh no, it's, it's not. Okay, so you don't even have to worry about it. That's not even a thing, right? Like, okay, right. So the other stuff. Okay, well, well, my friends will dislike me because of it. Well, okay, so let's make a list of all the people who actually care about this. Clearly, I don't care about this. And you know other people don't care about this. So who are these, like, people in your mind that you're thinking all these problems, like, going to happen because of, like, like, make a list so it's real. They may listen, like, okay, well, there's one person. Okay, so will that person actually do it? Well, maybe. They might get upset. Who knows? They might be upset. Okay, so are, now the reality is it might be one person that might get upset. Is all the stress you're going through for weeks worth that one person? And by doing that, you confront each of your actual fears with reality and you knock them down. This is not real, this is not real, this is not real. And by the end of it, you stop feeling anxious about that. So this is what I recommend. If you're in a situation where you're feeling anxious, sit down and think about instead of just like feeling the anxiety of it and feeling like your mind whipped through all the possibilities stop take each possibility one by one and ask yourself is this a real thing is this something i actually have to worry about or is this something that really i'm just spiking my dopamine repeating over and over again because that repetition actually feels kind of good that is what I recommend if you do have anxiety. It's, help, it's been helpful for you know, everyone that I have said it to, so hopefully it helps you as well. That's it. Again, if you'd like to have a one-on-one uh, conversation with me, you can do that by uh, checking on my Patreon page. You can also check out my uh, t-shirts on Teespring, the linked in the descriptions below, or on Amazon, or my uh, lapel pins, or even my bisexual romance books which are linked in the description below. Until next time, stay cooler, my bisexual friends. Stay cooler. Bye. If you would like to support the podcast or just pick up some really cool bisexual merchandise, you can check out my bisexual romance audiobooks on iTunes, Audible, and Amazon. I write under the pen name A. Anders. You can also check out my bisexual-themed socks and t-shirts on Teespring and Amazon by searching them for the company name Bisexual Real Talk. But the links for everything are in the description of this podcast. Please support the channel and check it out. Until next time, stay cooler, my bisexual friend. Stay cooler. Bye.